Red Shoe Freaking Diaries, man. That that uh, that put plenty of food on Duchovny's table for for quite yeah, some time. It did. You know, it did all he and all. That was a sweet gig. All he had to do was basically walk down a beach with his dog, you know, and say, "Dear Red Shoes." Blah, 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 blah. The episode would happen. And then at the end, he was just like, wow, that's something else. And he turns to his dog and his dog is just like, why don't you feed me? And then it would just fade to black. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'd hear a gunshot. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that very little people knew. Every week was a new dog, but but the same breed. (laughs) You could tell it was different because his spots were different, right? <laughs> he always had a different name on his collar. Oh man, in the uh in the Blu-ray extras. He went through five different Fidos. <laughs> in the Blu-ray extras of that series, you just see like the uh the shallow graves of those dogs on the beach, just off camera. <laughs> just like children on the beach going mommy and then that like you just see like dogs like, dead dogs like getting taken in by the high tide oh, oh man <laughs> oh that's we shouldn't have come to sad paw beach <laughs> oh shit man Oh god! Oh, that adds a whole new dimension to Red Shoe Diaries, man. I'm going to give a shout out to three really awesome podcasts slash, you know, mixed cloud shows. One is the Rodent Hour. Amazing show right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Cool. Uh, two is our friends down at the hoof. The hoof. The hoof. What's up, fellas? Yeah. With Tommy and Chris. And last but not least. Uh, on blogtalkradio.com, we have the Incredibly Strange Films podcast on the Deviant Legion Network, uh, hosted by Carl and Corey. Really amazing show. They pick apart really some some obscure films, uh, some you know some weird films. Uh, always interesting. Uh, sometimes obscure stuff. Check them out. Man, did I enjoy the two uh, picks this week? It uh, they were, um, there was definitely a commonality between the two, but 
you know, two very different genres, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're both. Um, I mean, I, I picked them because I, I felt like the similarities between them is a just that. I mean, the the on the surface similarity mm-hmm. of both of these films is that they're both about punks, young punks, punk rockers. Yeah, you know, trying to survive against evil. Um, one more evil than the other, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's like ooh, z- zombies, you know, and then ugh, Nazis. <laughs> so this is just another kind of zombie, I would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They st- they stink more. <laughs> so yeah, let's discuss um. Uh, Dan O'Bannon's opus, Return of the Living Dead. Okay. And uh, uh, versus Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room. <laughs> Which one should we tackle first? Well, uh, we should tackle Pablo Morale Martinez. And we should also tackle Ernesto Mancibo. <laughs> and together we are the Robots versus Taxes program on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. You are listening to us. <laughs> oh, Almost forgot to yeah. let you know who the fuck you're listening to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm really glad to be back and to be uh, doing this show. Um, <laughs> Where we, we are doing the long running segment of uh, pitting two movies against each other. So you want to you want to just jump in with uh Return of the Living Dead? Let's do it. All right, cool. Oh boy. Uh it's just from the very beginning uh this movie lets you know that it's going to be weird. It's going to be a little uh this they're going to throw some sort of dark comedy in there. Um I was especially impressed by the opening credits. It was what can i say um basically you know some some young guys working in a warehouse and almost in a very nonchalant way his supervisor kind of reveals to him that um they were accidentally sent uh <laughs> zombies at some point by the government and they have a uh, leftover canister with one in it in the basement. And, you know, through uh, through haphazards and uh, ineptitude, they end up uh, puncturing the tube and knocking themselves out with this gas, this zombie gas. And the way the zombie inside sort of like reanimated some of its flesh... I I was thoroughly impressed by that. I was just like, man, some guy had to do that layer by layer by layer. And <laughs> they had to do the photography in, in a certain sequence and then put all that together to make it look absolutely uh, horrific but impressive. This movie is definitely one of my favorite practical effects movies from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Uh, the 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 makeup effects for what is 
what it, who is lo- the 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 creature lovingly called the tar man oh god uh, <laughs> um is is impressive and just fantastic that is one of the most uh frightening things i that that zombie would stand up even in a a modern zombie film that's how disturbing it is you could you could place him on the walking dead or you know any modern film even world war z or whatever and it would still be fucking frightening The stuff, the taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff, taste that delivers. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. Excellent. And we are back. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Back into the return of the living dead. Yes. Um, So when last we left, we were talking about... um, What were we talking about? Tarman, that's right, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, we were talking about the opening where the where these the two characters, uh, Frank and Eddie, uh, <laughs> Eddie, who I, I oh, I'm sorry, Frank and Freddie. Freddie is just starting his <laughs> job at this, at this. Uh, um, what do you call this? This warehouse. It's yeah, like it's an, a warehouse. It's just uh, a random warehouse where they. It's like medical supplies and. Just cadaver a, supplies cadaver pretty supplies. much wow yeah. half 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 dogs and such dude when <laughs> <laughs> the first time i saw this movie i I'm, i must have been in my i was either 18 19 um and the moment where the dog comes to life and they start <laughs> trying to kill it just fr- just the sound of the dog getting hit <laughs> fucking it just fucked with me so bad i think it 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 severely traumatized me because i was just like i can't hear dogs yelping it, it like it feels unnatural to me <laughs> um and you said you saw this when you were how old i was like 18 19 1819. Oh shit. Yeah, somewhere in between <laughs> I you were like, a kid. yeah, before yeah, way before. It was it was it was definitely before my 20s, I know that. Okay. Um did you did you watch it at home or like a little grindhouse movie theater? No, no, no. I watched this on VHS at my house. And did your uh did your mother accuse you of uh, witchcraft or devil worshiping? No, at that point, like I was, I, I felt like I treated all of my my film excursions, my VHS explorations, uh, pretty much like I was watching a porno every single time. Because <laughs> like it was just like you know, you know, I come in through the doors, you know, I've got a little little beads of sweat on my on, on my forehead. <laughs> Hey, Pavi, como estas? You want to sit down? What you? What's that you got there? And I'm like, I, I, I'm fine. I'm I'm gonna be busy for the next uh, two. You don't look like you're getting sun, mijo. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and I disappear into my room and just. <laughs> 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 
Oh, yeah, I just imagine you slowly turning into that character Powder from Powder. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I want you to go outside. Leave me alone. <laughs> Powder these nuts. Um, <laughs> but, um, dude, I... I, I got to tell you, the the opening where the guy is, I, I think his name is Frank, mm-hmm. playing by, played by James Karen. James Karen, who was also in Mulholland Drive. Um, I really like that that actor. Really like that actor. Every time, he, mm. every time he pops up every now and then, he's just really good at playing like these kind of like... Um, uh, kind of like it, his face looks like it's he's smiling even when he's not. Um, <laughs> That's true. So, but there there's this moment where he's telling Freddy about the cadavers downstairs, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, and and he's kind of like uh, you know I I want to show you the dead bodies, you know. It's kind of like it's 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 almost as if he's telling this spooky story. And he knows he has uh, Freddy's attention. There's something so so uh, kind of um, interesting about that that kind of just grabbed me from the start. Even now, <laughs> after rewatching it, I think for the third time, um, it's it's I, I I just love that performance that he gives that James Karen gives. He he really couldn't wait to tell that young guy. Um, about this really, really horrible thing. Um, it's like that. That was basically he was basically like, finally, after twenty years, I can, yeah, I, <laughs> I can let this secret out. You know, it's been <laughs> eating me up inside, which kind of indicates that there's nobody else in his life. He's not married. He has no kids. Uh, no way. He is married he is because married, he talked yeah. to a woman. Unless, unless that was fake. Unless he was talking to like his answering machine or something like that, but no, because I think he was wearing he took off his wedding ring before he spoilers, you know, before he uh, bakes himself into a pie. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So uh, maybe to get even darker, maybe he was pretending to talk to his dead wife. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it wasn't the zombieism that he contracted later, but the memory of his dead wife that made him decide, you know what? Fuck it. I'm checking out. <laughs> and he went out like a G. He was just like, I'm not going to put any burden on the state um, or our first responders. No, I, I'm going to take care of this like an American. <laughs> You're anti-mask. Yeah. I'm anti-life. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. He took the anti-life equation very seriously. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it, that character I really, I really liked. Um, also, his fear, the way he got scared along with Freddy, felt mm-hmm. so unnerving because it did feel very real. It wasn't like your typical kind of like zombie movie, where I think of you know the Dawn of the Dead remake, where yeah. Uh, where every, every time somebody gets scared in that movie, they're just kind of like um, they're scared for a moment and then they run away and they're kind of stone-faced. 
these guys, <laughs> when they see a, the cadaver come back to life, like this yellow, this yellow dude, like this Simpson, right? <laughs> I was trying to place what was so weird about that cadaver. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> he's a Simpson. Uh, he's from Springfield or whatever. So uh, he, the, the cadaver springs to life. And the two of them are screaming their lungs out, right? They're just like, oh, God. Oh, my God. And I kept thinking to myself, the thing that's so unnerving about those two screaming like that is that that's exactly what I would do in that situation. I would freak out, dude. I'd freak out. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty understandable response. Um, just to just to take a a, a, a side a sidebar here for a second, um, it's kind of hard to imagine what anybody would do when exposed to a supernatural situation like that. Um, I would like to think that you know I'd have a mild freak out and then I'd run until like the muscles in my legs just failed because oh, um, it's it would be it would trigger such an adrenal response it's just like oh the dead come back to life time to get the fuck out of here you know <laughs> all right i'm a head out you know <laughs> spongebob meme <laughs> just bump spongebob the fuck out of there <laughs> uh go find a bottle of whiskey and uh and just figure it out you know just uh, you know hold yourself up in a bar and just wait till this whole zombie business blows over <laughs> <laughs> let the record show that ernesto lifted his glass a la simon Pegg in shawn of the dead that's right if you got to write it out, you know, write it out like that, you yeah. know, with a few friends and a point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So we're at the, at the juncture where the live, the, the gas has been released. The trioxin, what else, what is it called? <laughs> um, it's I just like called tri- a zombie. Tri- trioxin Zom- 19, COVID-19, whatever. Um, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> it brings everybody to life. You know there there are some there are some weird parallels between um, Return of the Living Dead and 2020 as a year, right? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Just Everything because, in the movie just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and then zombies. The zombies talk in this movie, right? <laughs> yes, yes, they do. And they basically tell. They basically uh, radio. They kill uh, <laughs> people, first responders who come in and try to like help. They they kill them. They eat their brains and then they uh, radio in and say send more send more paramedics, you know, or send more <laughs> cops. <laughs> I, was just I love like, that part. <laughs> they're one hat. They're one made in China red hat from being MAGA supporters, you know. <laughs> Oh man, they uh, they certainly were when they when they were basically interviewing that half a female corpse in the lab. um, That was uh, first of all, for somebody who basically had no lips and very little flesh, 
uh, on her head. She spoke so clear. Yes. I mean, I think she was made for like voiceover work. Yes, personally. she 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 studied. <laughs> she went to the zombie school of diction. You know, <laughs> and just explaining like you know, brains help to you know sort of dull the pain of being dead and I'm just like huh how would that work I, I I'd have thought that you know booze would have done that but you know hey I'm not dead <laughs> as far as I know You're but not uh D E D dead <laughs> but uh yeah it was uh, they spoke and it was it was so creepy um but absolutely funny when they're radioing radioing uh, for more first responders to come to the scene. And these first responders, wow. Talk about like zombie fodder. They're just they're just like, hey, you know, we're here to help. And then they just get like bum rushed by zombies. It it, it looked like like I, I felt like I was watching like a, a, a videotaped uh, source awards. Uh, uh, oh shit! Wow. <laughs> recording. I, I felt like I was watching the Source Awards via 1996. Wow. <laughs> just what a throwback. Bum, just the way they bum rushed the fucking those fucking paramedics. Holy shit! That's right. That was a thing. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So the so these the first responders get bum rushed. Um, the uh, the punks hold themselves up in a funeral home mm-hmm. um, where naturally, uh, yeah, where, um, you know, various characters, the various characters that we've met throughout the film also find themselves inside there. Uh, and basically they have to fight off the zombies while, um, while two of them, while Freddie himself and, uh, and Frank are be, are actually also becoming zombies at the mm. same time. And dude, uh, let me tell you, there's there's there are moments in this movie that are, are are extremely like I developed. I feel like I developed a strong stomach from this movie, right? <laughs> because the gore effects in this movie are fantastic, but they're so juicy. You know, they're so sweaty. <laughs> they're so gooey. Oh, that's you hit it right on the head, man. It's uh, you you could practically smell the film. It was, you know, which which you know is incredible. Well, I mean, it it depends on the type of zombie because I think the ones that were fresh out of the ground were pretty dry, from what I can remember. Yeah, but uh, except for Tar Man, who is like, oh God, he's so gooey. (laughs) <laughs> it's so gooey and it, like every time he touched something it left like a trail of oil uh it was just so disgusting but um there's also a moment whoever i'm sorry go ahead no 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 i just wanted to add whoever was the actor inside that suit must have had so much fun uh playing that character just like lumbering around like, <laughs> And like it really looked like the the this the flesh was barely holding on to his bones. Yes. So, um, but there's this moment where Tarman bites in, like he goes brains, right? And then he just, 
dead, you know, he, he's been dead for a while. He's hard up for a blowjob. So the first dude, <laughs> <laughs> the first dude he sinks his teeth into is fucking that that one punk rocker. I love that punk rocker. Um, the head, the, the head punk, yeah. the head punk named Suicide, who was like, "You think this is costume, man? Punk is life." You know, I love that dude. I fucking love that dude. Um, He's like, no one, no one understands me. <laughs> I love that dude because I felt like at one point I was that dude, right? <laughs> no one understands me. Punk is life. This isn't a costume, man. Um, so, um, so he he goes first. He yes. gets. Man, the the effect of the teeth going into his skull, it still freaked me out, man. <laughs> I'm just like, oh damn, I gotta, I got, I look away, I look away, and I'm, and I'm not, a, I'm not a person that like looks away a lot from. No, from no, gory, you are not. No, I'm not. <laughs> from gory shit. You are a true gore hound, yes. but uh, <laughs> the fact that this made you turn away that that says a lot. Yeah. So, uh, the, just the effect of that, that like the special effects script, I got to give them props, you know, for creating props that were so gushy. Like there's this moment, right. Where, um, they're holed up in the funeral home and the, the, one of the punks gets bitten and just a geyser of blood just flies out of his body. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I mean, that looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> looks great. Um, and the, 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 um, the cadaver, the half a cadaver, you, you notice the, all the, 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 the juices coming out of her spinal cord? Oh, yes. Oh, man, it's so fucking freaky. Um, there was one point though. Um, I, I guess they must've, I don't know where they found this actor, but they, they had an actor play one, uh, highly dismembered zombie. Basically they had, they, they hired a, a, a triplegic in order to play one particular zombie. Cause the, cause the effect is like this thing stood up on stumps and then, ran after somebody with one or I, I was just like oh my god oh my god dude that shit ha that i feel like that they pulled that dude straight out of my nightmares right the performance of this dude running like it felt like we, even without legs he was sprinting right yes yes towards miguel nunez jr miguel nunez jr i was just like holy shit hey you know um, <laughs> one of the only dominican actors like I think he was the only one around that time. Holy um, shit, I did not know he yeah, was Dominican. He's Dominican, wow. yeah. Uh, he sprints after that dude. Um, I also, you know what? Uh, uh, quick sidebar. I love that he's one of the, I think he's he's one of the last to die. And that's. It's true. That's, a, a, I think that's a great thing. Because, uh, you know, in 80s movies particul in particular, um, you know, people of color don't last long. Mm -hmm. They're always the first to go. But um but that was really cool. So so uh that that dude was straight that that uh that that legless zombie it was straight out of my nightmares. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> because what's his name? The funeral guy um, she tries to shoot him with, and that that weird looking funeral guy. Yes, uh, his name was uh, Ernie, Ernie something. Ernie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude was uh, from the get go. I'm like, this dude is fucking weird, right? He's got played like, by Don Calfa. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Played, played by Don Calpa. That guy's got a weird look. He's kind of bug-eyed. Um, <laughs> they made him up so he has. Like, he looks like he hasn't seen vitamin D in over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh man, it's like needs you, to see the sun. <laughs> you know, you you could tell that. <laughs> like they made his character seem like even. Even when he takes a vacation from his job, um, he still smells like formaldehyde <laughs> and all the other chemicals they use to... You're right, dude. You're kind of gagging there. I, <laughs> I just hate that smell. I hate that smell of formaldehyde. It's the worst smell. In the, I mean, I the last time I smelled it was in college when I had to dissect a cat. And it's the worst thing in the world. It's just... It's the worst smell. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I was like, "There's a joke in there somewhere. I can't find it. Shit, fuck it. Move on." <laughs> uh, so, uh, so basically, I was gonna say, like, is that a euphemism for you were getting some pussy? You know, her pussy stank. Her pussy stank like formaldehyde. Ah, God. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I did not expect that ending. I'll tell you the truth now because I feel like that's something I felt like that's something that they reserved for more quote unquote modern movies like Resident Evil and such. Um, where it's just like this is how the government solves the problem. Wipe the town off the face of the earth. And uh I, I they chose a very silly sound though to uh denote oh, the bomb the, the bomb falling. Wait, you don't like the uh the <laughs> It sounded like it was like from a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> it's like, did they drop a nuke or an anvil? I'm not quite sure what's going on. Did but, Wiley uh... Coyote fall off a cliff? <laughs> but uh, they destroy the town, and then you know you hear the uh, the voice of this uh, general speaking to somebody on the phone. Uh, reporting what happened on the town basically saying you know the, it's it's been solved but as it was established earlier in the film you cannot incinerate a zombified uh, corpse because it releases a gas or soot into the air that just spreads uh, the zombieism out to whoever breathes it consumes it uh, or whatnot and uh, as you can imagine a nuke would do a lot of incinerating and it's implied that uh, this has now become a pandemic um uh and i uh, did they ever make like a sequel to this film like following up on these they, events they did but um i've seen it and it's much tamer like uh, like the edge from this movie is gone hmm. um it's it's played for more for yucks as opposed to like <laughs> it it doesn't have like the the um 
it, it doesn't have that's that's the same mean streak that this movie has because this movie has like this dark edge and this kind of subtext of of the military industrial complex and how america the mili- the american military industrial complex solves its problems basically mm. um, wh- which i think was its original criticism but it's still timely even till today yes uh, so so it, i i wouldn't recommend watching the 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 follow up to this gotcha Onto something that is uh, unfortunately a little more close to close to reality. Uh, green room. Yes. Uh, we follow another young group of punks. You know, it's uh, you know punks. They they get into uh, they get into a lot of uh, they get shenanigans. Into some shit. Yeah, they get into some <laughs> shit. Because the first, I I felt like it was just like um, I subconsciously. I, I didn't realize it, but one is about a pandemic and the other one is about uh, white supremacists, which is mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, it's just basically 2020 in a nutshell, right? So <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, we, we follow them uh, trying to get by, get, get whatever gigs that they can. Um, and uh, one gig ends up being like a total just a total you know piece of shit from the contact that they that they made and i guess they stayed at his house or something like that and did they end up playing like in a diner or something like yeah, that they, they did they played like i think it was like a mexican restaurant <laughs> it's so it was, fun. That, that part had me in stitches because i'm like i've known so many like so many friends so many old fr- acquaintances of mine that actually ended up having to do that, you know, where they're just like, we booked a gig. I'm like, great. I'm like, where? And they're like, it's at Purpurpur. And I'm like, where? It's like <laughs> Goldie's Pizza. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> I'll see you there, I mean, man. Hey. <laughs> you never show up or talk yeah. to them again. <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely showed up. I, I would always show support for my friends who are who were in bands. Um, that's true <laughs> you, you you're ride or die like that yeah, you're ride or yeah. die like that yeah but um so they're you know they're fucking they're fucking pissed off because they're not even getting paid what they were promised i mean they're about to fuck up this dude who interviewed them for like a college radio station and he's just like wait 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 hold on hold on hold on i have you know my cousin uh has access to another venue i might be able to hook you up and uh and he does it you know so you can tell like he's not trying to fuck anybody over he he believes in the lifestyle um he's like that guy from the return of the living dead is the punk is not a you know it's not a phase <laughs> it's a fucking lifestyle you know and it's you help other <laughs> you help other punks you know yeah. so so he got him this gig at a a white supremacist bar and they're just like yeah you know whatever we gotta we gotta make some bucks, you know. Oh, dude, it it it, and needless to say, I mean, the, the first song that they play is so it's so punk, right? They go to a white supremacist bar and they play this song by the they they do a cover by the Dead Kennedys, 
Uh, it's one of my favorite songs called Nazi Punks Fuck Off. I I literally when when they started playing that I literally did like the devil horns <laughs> in, in front of my TV. I was like, these motherfuckers are punk. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude. Um, like this 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 movie has a, like a, a very like it knows it knows who to side with. It's just like it, it's just like you know fuck these guys fuck these nazis you know <laughs> if you want you want to see some nazis get fucking murdered you've come to the right <laughs> place and but but let the the punks do get into some shit and uh they end up they end up witnessing a murder mm. and then they're stuck in this green room yeah where and, and let me tell you, um, Chekhov, the, the kid, the kid that played Chekhov, Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Dude, that Rest dude. Rest in peace. Yeah, that yeah. dude is. Even I felt like his role was very quiet, but he still commanded the room. You know, he still had this yeah. presence. You know, he really and, did. Yeah, and um, this is. I think this is one of my favorite movies that he's in. Mm. Uh, and he, his character is kind of like the the more soft spoken of the group, and then he the way he get he gets his arm chopped up into like dog meat was rough. I had a hard time looking at that. That was, I mean, you knew they were fucking him up, but the the way they depicted that, I've oh, in my <laughs> in my internet uh, in my earlier days of internet more uh, curiosity let's put it that way i've delved into some websites that have shown very graphic real life violence like rotten.com beyond i don't even remember the name of these websites i'm talking like early like 56k maybe the first days of dsl like i would just be like you know whatever i can go anywhere in the world and, and see whatever i want and that part of my brain that says, you know, maybe you don't want to do that, you know, because we store stuff when we see it. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so, and you're like, shut up, brain. I'll stab you with a Q-tip, you know. <laughs> Punk is life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I've seen some things. People like people after machete attacks and the way uh, Anton Yelchin's character, the way they depicted his arm. I was just it, it took me right back to that. I was just like, oh, they fucked him up. Let me let me let me t- let me let you in on a little something. Right. Um, so needless to say, I was in El Salvador. El Salvador, uh, for the listeners who don't know, is where I've seen the most shit. Right. <laughs> like I've seen shit that'll like to quote uh, uh, to quote Ernie Hudson in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I've seen shit there that'll turn your hair white, right? <laughs> I've seen everything there, for, I, I, and I've 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 done a lot of like I shot a gun there, uh, you know. Jesus, I, I, sm- I smoked my first joint, uh, you know. Anyway, but um, you so, ate a hooker, yeah. <laughs> she was delicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So basically the news down there 
um, on you know on not on non cable like just straight up like uh, channel four news, like mm-hmm. local news. Mm-hmm. If there is a violent crime, there's no such thing as censorship down there, you know. <laughs> so uh, I saw. I will never forget it. I saw uh, a news report where men like these farmers were macheted to death in on their on their farm and there's they were still looking for the killers uh mm-hmm. who were suspected to be either like ms-13 or some crazy sh- some robbers or some shit right or like it was part of a gang a- a initiation but they showed these corpses brutalized like these corpses macheted to death and i will never forget it it is fucking wild I remember I was I was like 12 or something and I was like I should not be watching this, you know. Okay, so back to Anton Yelchin's poor chopped arm, right? Yes. Um he tapes it up with fucking duct tape, right? And His these, boy did it for him. Yo, like that's Man. That whew. is the, these these dudes are friends, right? Pals, yeah. pals of the first degree. <laughs> so, um you know, the whole movie is basically like a, a game of cat and mouse, right? They they have to like fend off these these Nazis, these neo Nazis, uh, led by Sir Patrick Stewart, of Star Trek fame. <laughs> it was so weird seeing him in a role like that, right? But he can he can play he can play bad guys though. That's the thing. I've seen him in another film where he does he plays like a weird sort of um, intimidating guy. But yes, Look, Sir Judas? Patrick Stewart. Locutus? No, 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 no. Not not within Star Trek. Another like oh, okay. uh, another another film. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um because he was intimidating as hell as Locutus. Yes, yes, he was. Yes. Yeah, yes, it's my Star Trek glasses. <laughs> I don't get it. Are, are you making fun of yourself? Or are you making fun of me? Like kind of both, a little both. Okay. <laughs> You will be assimilated. Yeah. <laughs> Resistance is fu- uh, what? futile. All right. Futile. See, I, I'd be bad Borg. I'd be a bad. <laughs> I'd be bad Borg. <laughs> Me bad Borg. Um, it's like, <laughs> God damn it, Ensign Pavel. That's not how it's done. Yeah. They're just like, we got to get rid of this one Borg. He's dragging. He He's dragging down the <laughs> bandwidth. Of all of the cube, it's like we gotta send him to like the, uh, you know the the lopsided triangle. Um, <laughs> they have a lopsided triangle in space. It looks like a banana. That's where they put all like the the reject Borg. The reject Borg. Oh man, <laughs> Tom Arnold is there. So. Uh, <laughs> So okay, so but sorry, I keep I feel we I feel like we keep going off the rails with this. So, um, so yeah, it's a cat and mouse game. They have to they have to get past some vicious dogs. Oh man, dogs that only respond to German commands. <sighs> to which I was just like, the, yeah, you know that that sounds like it would be like some you know, fucking dumbass neo Nazi would do that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hold on. Uh, it w- right, great. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was really um it was really interesting to see how they had all this sort of internal lingo to build themselves up. It's like, you know, uh call in call in a few guys but only red laces, which indicated like, okay, these are the these are like the hired killers that we um bring in for jobs like this. And they were planning on how they were gonna get rid of the bodies and stash them, you know, further up the road so that it didn't lead back. They don't bring the heat down on themselves. Um, but later on, you just sort of realize like these guys are just, most of them are just idiots who yeah. like, like to be violent. Like there's no, this isn't an organization. It's not even a militia. It's just, it's just a bunch of violent assholes just like trying to, you know, tr thinking that they're smarter and that, like, we outnumber them, so basically they have to do what we tell them. You know, we're, we're, we're they're outnumbered and we're meaner and we're bigger. But um, in the end, pretty much all of them either end up dead or, or in, a, in a state. Like, that one big guy, oh, man, mm -hmm. I did not feel sorry for that asshole at all. Oh, my the, the God. The big guy that got split up the middle. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen such a a visceral slicing in a film. <laughs> it was like it was like watching a documentary on how to butcher a pig. It was just she just sort of leaned over and she was just like now you've lost a couple of pounds, you know? It's like <laughs> it, they slice that dude up the middle. They also break his arm like at the at the joint. Yes. <laughs> Which is that was satisfying. Extra brutal. <laughs> yeah. That dude is such a dick. That reminded me of uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight, the uh, um, the comic as well as the animated movie. Because uh, oh. there's a point back Batman is fighting one of those freaks and he's just like, uh, he's he's got him in like a similar hold. It's just like, uh, my mind is telling me that um, like you've done enough, but I don't listen. And then he just breaks that guy's arm. And I was just like, yeah, that's what you do. You got to hobble them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just make sure that they remember you, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about neo-Nazis. It's okay to brutalize them. Um, so, um, yeah. And then uh, they, the, they managed that there's only two survivors, the one skinhead girl. Um, yes. Who I don't think was really a skinhead. Nah. Um, but was involved in skinhead shit. I don't know. Um, and then I think she was like in another band or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then Anton Yelchin. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it ends with this really dark joke. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But it just ends with this really, uh, like, and and it rem and the the tone of it reminded me of. Return of the Living Dead, where it's just like, you know what? Fuck <laughs> this, right? <laughs> and then it ends. Let me tell you, the way this movie is directed with, green, like, green, the way Green Room is directed, especially with the violence, it doesn't glorify mm -hmm. violence at all. Everything that happens in this movie, it, it's not like a, a creature effect or a gore effect like in Return of the Living Dead. It's very much like matter of fact right this yeah. is what happens when a when a skinhead gets blown in half by a shotgun and this mm -hmm. is what happens when a dude's arm gets chopped up and it's just 
it's gory, but it doesn't linger. It doesn't like linger on it too long. And it's just like, not so like, Hey, check this out. Isn't this cool looking? It's not like that at all. Right. Right. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. This, this movie is definitely one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, uh, I, uh, what, do you have anything else that you wanted to add about green? I, I mean, I could definitely see why it's one of your favorites. It was very well done. Um, one of the moments that really jumped out at me was, uh, close to the end when they finally sort of, uh, corner Patrick Stewart's character and, uh, you know, some, some of the guys who were helping him, this is, it's like early morning and they kill the other two guys. And uh, they're questioning Patrick Stewart, who he knows that he's like, he's kind of fucked here because uh, he's outnumbered. And uh, he tries to, he tries to walk away in order to like confuse them while he pulls a gun out of his uh, waist in order to defend himself or whatever. But before that happens, uh, Anton Yelchin's character, he says, you know, you were so much scarier at night <laughs> and I, at that and that really like hit a note for me because it's just like when you i felt like it was trying to say this about nazis and white supremacists when you build them up in your mind in the darkness of your mind um they're so much bigger and scarier because you associate all these rotten things with them and you know they, they become like the specter but when you actually expose them for who they are they're just sort of like sad, weak individuals who can't really do much. Um, not like, that they're not that they're benign, but they're not they're not this uh, like super powerful force. They're just some lost guys. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Richard Spencer. Like when you, when I heard about Richard Spencer, I was just like, oh, mm. damn, man. Now, what is he? He's trying to popularize and like white supremacy, and he's trying to like he he's trying to be like the hipster neo Nazi, right? And I was just like, oh man, this dude's this dude's gonna like he's gonna stir up some shit that's gonna mm -hmm. be really evil. But then you know he kind of he he got what punched in the face on, in on tv which is one of the most satisfying things i've ever like when he, i think we, when he got punched in the face like when i when i saw that video of him getting punched in the face on tv by by members of the black block you know the anarchist <laughs> collective um you know the antifa collective uh, and when i saw that happen to him it i was just like i went from Oh my God! Uh, you know he's this evil leader and this and that, and he he kind of was like the Kylo Ren of the alt right. <laughs> to, to to being like you know to being just like some average you know asshole at Urban Outfitters who's just like who says the wrong shit to the wrong person and gets his shit rocked, right? And later he's just like, guys. I just I just want to talk about hate <laughs> but this this definitely had a message and it had um, a proper course 
that takes you to that message. You know, it wasn't just like you said before, gore for gore's sake. It's like there was a purpose. It didn't linger and it wrapped up in a nice bow. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, so are we pitting? So here's the, the big question, right? <laughs> are we pitting like um, Anton Yelchin's character, like his group, the eight rights against um, suicide and his crew? Or are we feeding a bunch of Nazis, neo-Nazis, to some zombies, you know? (laughs) We're feeding some neo-Nazis to some fucking zombies. I just, just, (laughs) I'd I'd love to see that moment where it's just like, oh shit, they're not dying. (laughs) Yeah. where they're just like the neo-nazis think they're actually doing a good job but then they get all their brains eaten and then like they <laughs> the not the zombies call like patrick stewart and they're just like send more nazis you know <laughs> <laughs> and he would <laughs> yeah. he just keeps sending wave after wave of dumbass you know nazi hicks red laces you know yeah i know <laughs> Red MAGA hats, you know. They just kept get, keep getting sent down there. Just like Trump twenty twenty four, and then they just all get eaten. It's like <laughs> send more MAGA. <laughs> Shit. So. Uh, oh man. So yeah, that about wraps it up. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us. I again am Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And you're listening to the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. And, uh, you know, um, before we get to the end, just want to say uh, a little, g- give a little bit more promo. Um, listen to the Incredibly Strange Films podcast on Blog Talk Radio. The Hoof and, of course, our good friends at the Rodin Hour, which you can find right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, f- while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Crises precipitate change. (laughs) Secretly plotting your demise. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environment. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash the whole computer system and revert you to papyrus. I want to make a super virus strong enough to cause blackouts in every single metropolis. Because they don't want to unify you, so fuck it. Total anarchy and can't nobody stop us. You see, late in the evening, fucked up on my computer and my mind starts roaming. I create like a heathen. The first cycles of this virus like a sin through a modem. Infiltration hits your station. No Microsoft or enhanced DOS will impede. Society thinks they're safe when bingo hard drive crashes from the rending. A lot of hackers tried viruses before. Vaporize your text like so much whiteout. I want it where file replication is a chore. Lights out, shut down, entire white house.
mouth. I don't want just a bug that could be corrected. I'm erect in immaculate design. Break the nation down section by section. Even to the greatest minds, it's impossible to find. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environments. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash your whole computer system and revert you to papyrus. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environments. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash your whole computer system and revert you to papyrus. I have already planned. Programmed into every one of my thousand robots. We will not hesitate. We will destroy the Homo Break right through they terminals, burn them all, slaves of silicon, corrupt politicians with leaders and their keywords. FBI and spies stealing bombs, precipitate their plans in their face and catch the fever. Everybody loot the stores, get your canned goods, even space stations are having a hard time. Peacekeepers seek to take our manhood, which results in the form of global apartheid. Ghettos are trash dumps with gas pumps, exploded and burnt out since before the Great Union. The last punks walk around like mad. Months ready to manipulate the database or break through them. Human rights come in a hundredth place. Mass production has always been number one. New Earth has become a repugnant place, so it's time to spread the fear to fund the sun. How long have we tried to extend our glorious empire out to the stars? To bring dire straits to your environments Crush your corporations with a mild touch Trash your whole computer system and revert you to papyrus I want to devise a virus To bring dire straits to your environments Crush your corporations with a mild touch Trash your whole computer system and revert you to papyrus (laughs) 